When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Ninja Mountain Bike Performance. To find mountain bike skills clinics in your area, go to ridelikeaninja.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Aaron and Greg and I are going to be talking about some of our favorite mountain bike trails. So if there's one thing that we've all learned over the years, it's that great mountain bike trails can be found almost anywhere on the planet. And the southeastern USA is no exception, where we've got a mix of topography ranging from steep mountains to flat coastal plains. Not only that, the mild winters and lush vegetation make for generally scenic rides year-round. So all three of us, Greg, Aaron, and I, have lived and mountain biked in the southeast pretty extensively. So today we're going to share some of our personal favorite places to ride And we're going to start by talking about some of the best all-round trail systems. We'll mention some shuttle runs, epic rides, and then we're going to move into recommendations for destinations that are worthy of spending several days exploring. So let's kick it off by talking about some of our favorite all-round trail systems in the Southeast. And when I say all-round, what I'm talking about are trails that offer, you know, a lot of different trails for different abilities, good mileage other amenities like pump tracks and restrooms and all that kind of stuff. So Greg, kick it off for us. What's one of your favorite all round mountain bike trail systems in the Southeast? Yeah. One of the key trail systems that comes to mind when you say that is DuPont state forest in North Carolina. And DuPont is just, it's an expansive trail system, tons of mileage, but it really hits the idea of having something for everyone. Everything from beginner flow trails all the way up to some pretty gnarly like technical trails, some slick rock, and a bunch of stuff in between. DuPont's extremely varied and don't know if anybody's ridden there and not had a good time. It's a pretty rad spot. Yeah, last I heard they had like a hundred or almost a hundred named trails within the trail system. Yeah, it's crazy. And I just actually saw a news article like a week or so ago. There used to be like a block of land like in the middle of the park that was private. I think that's like going to the state. So the area just keeps getting better and better. Nice. Yeah, they call that the donut hole because I think it was, well, I can't remember the company that owned it. It might have been Kodak or something, but they made... DuPont perhaps? DuPont, there you go. <laughs> that's what it was. But they made, um, the reason I was thinking it was Kodak is they made a x-ray film there. So... That donut hole that's private property is private property because basically it's like a, what do you call it, like a gray site or whatever? Yeah, brownfield. Um, yeah, brownfield. There you go. So lots of pollution, but I think they're cleaning that up and they're they're going to eventually work it in. Yeah, DuPont is awesome. Definitely take a map because as Jeff said, there's a ton of different trail names. Like they name, that's kind of one of the, I don't know, maybe annoying is maybe the wrong word, too strong a <laughs> word, but there's no like marked routes. There's no clear like, okay, I'm going to take the blue loop. There is no blue loop. There's like every hundred yards of trail has a different name. So if you don't know where you're going, you're going to be pulling out the map a whole lot, which is fine. Or you can just go and get lost. Yeah. Have a are, good there, time. Are, are there 
multiple trailheads that people use or like are some yes. trailheads more popular than others? No, there's there's at least two or three main trailheads as far as I know. Yeah, and just I know a lot of people obviously this region in general is blown up, but DuPont should not be um, conflated or confused with Pisgah, I would say, because they're very distinct in their um, flavors. Yeah. So if you rode DuPont and you didn't ride in Pisgah, then you didn't ride in Pisgah. <laughs> right. And, and officially, too. I mean, it's not, it's not part of the Pisgah National Forest no, at all. No, it's its own thing. It's a state forest, not a national forest. Word. Okay. Greg, you had another recommendation for sort of that area, too, right? Yeah, as another trail system uh, just up the road from there near Asheville, North Carolina, is the Bent Creek Trail System. And actually part of Bent Creek is in Pisgah National Forest, but it's uh, it's like a weird subset of the National Forest. So whether or not you ride Bent Creek and you rode in Pisgah, that's up for debate. <laughs> but it's a pretty sweet trail system because it has, again, a little bit of something for everybody. It has some true beginner trails, but it has some like ripping downhill, like flow trails, some like super gnarly stuff. But it's a pretty self-contained trail system with a lot of miles that's very easily accessible. So uh, if you're in the area and maybe you're not up for like Pisgah or you just want something that's like more digestible – Bent Creek is a good choice. Yeah. And as uh, Greg said, being um, very accessible is kind of one of the key words there. So it'll get really, really busy on the weekends. Um, that's kind of a better one to hit midweek if you can. Yeah. And at Bent Creek, like a lot of our other picks in this category of all round trail systems, there is camping at the park. So you can camp there. The campground is also really popular. So you're going to want to reserve ahead of time so you can camp right there right beside the trails all right so let's jump way south in the southeast down to florida uh there's actually some really good trail systems down there right aaron well i've only ridden um i guess i rode a couple places i did the the hurricane which we'll talk about a little bit later but uh that went through santos and a couple other trail systems and i gotta say uh, it's it's uh, easy and fun to hate on Florida, but um, they do have some pretty good trails there. Obviously, no elevation, but just fun, twisty, swoopy, uh, single track, nothing too terribly technical. I, mean, I guess there is the what, is it the free ride area. Yeah, the Vortex. Yeah. So they've got a massive free ride area with some really, really big jumps. So I didn't ride that because I was bikepacking, and that's not the ideal setup for free ride. That's the only reason? <laughs> yeah well when i got done i was kind of tired because i had ridden 350 miles so i didn't really feel like riding my bike anymore yeah i mean they have they have this one jump there that is like i'm probably bad at estimating this but it, it seems like it's at least 20 feet high and it's one of those where it's got like a chain around it too so it's like only open for special events and like people who really know what they're doing but yeah santos is awesome because it's a huge trail system there again there's camping there right at the trailhead even the campground is really nice too there's like a little camp store there and they've got pump tracks they're always like demo events going on at santos so it's it's definitely one of the top southeast trail system destinations for sure despite being in florida and i would argue it's probably the best in florida as well another one that is pretty well known for Florida is Alafaya. And there's another sort of large-ish 
trail system nearby called Balm Boyette. So a lot of people ride both of them in one day, but Alafaya is a state park, Florida State Park. So again, there's camping there. The trails are really well-maintained, well-signed. There are various loops, so you can, you know, take family out there and, you know, have, have the kids do some of the shorter loops and then the more advanced riders can, you know, ride some of the other stuff. And like Aaron said, there's, you know, it's Florida, so we don't have to tell you it's it's mostly flat, but both of these trail systems or all three that I've mentioned are located in places where there are actually some hills. So in Alafaya, I believe it was a phosphate mine. So, you know, they dredged all this sand and dirt up and made these huge piles and, you know, the vegetation and everything like grew up over it. And so now there's like, there's some hills there and it's actually a lot of fun to ride. Um, and then Santos, I believe it was like they were working on the cross Florida, like a canal. Basically somebody was going to dig a canal so that ships didn't have to sail like all the way down, you know, around the Florida panhandle or not panhandle, the what the peninsula. And so, yeah, that, that again, it like created these big hills where they threw all the stuff they were digging up and, so, yeah, there's actually hills and fun stuff to ride in Florida. All right, Greg, you've got a pick uh, for Georgia, right? Yeah, speaking of riding on mining tailings, uh, a great trail system that consists of old mining tailings is the Five Points Trail System in North Georgia. And I picked this one because I really feel like it's one of the best all-around trail systems in Georgia as like a centralized trail system because again it has a little bit of everything you got some techie trails you have some flowy trails some jumpy trails and uh, quite a bit of mileage in this one zone and now there are some like longer distance point-to-point trails that sort of like run through five points and connect to other spots so it's a pretty fun ride jeff and i went up there and rode it a few years back and i still haven't been back there again but i just have such great memories of that spot yeah, that's one that I'm still not sure what to think about it because I only wrote it that once with you and like nobody ever talks about it. And, like we we picked it as one of our five to ride. And I think because it's kind of inaccessible, it's, it takes a while to get there, um, like off the highways and stuff. I feel like not a lot of people ride there. But like you said, it's a good, it's kind of a hidden gem. And again, it's like there's a lot of trails to choose from and everybody can ride it and have fun. So it's good, like family trail or shredder trail if you want to do it all really fast and get a lot of miles in yeah i've i've still yet to ride there partly because it is so far it's kind of like just too far for a day ride i think it's probably what two and a half hours at least from from atlanta to get up there so that make for a really long day i will say um it's located right next to cloudland canyon state park so if you were going on like a family trip or something like that that's an awesome place to check out and camp as well highly recommend that it's a really cool canyon. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say too, like the challenge with five points, no matter where you're coming from, if you're coming from Atlanta or you're coming from even Chattanooga, which isn't far, you're going to pass by a lot of really great trails on the way there. And so I think most people just end up going to one of those that they see first, you know, like Pinhoti Trail, which we'll talk about later and some of the stuff closer to Chattanooga. So it's probably a good one though to go if you want to get away from the crowds and stuff. All right. Speaking of family-friendly, flowy, smooth trails, what about the Fats Trail system in South Carolina? Yeah, I think we definitely need to throw this one on the list because it's a very popular trail system, and Fats has a lot of miles. So it's uh, 
it attracts riders from all over, and you can spend a long day or even a, a weekend riding there. It's not necessarily the most diverse spot. Like the trails are, you know, there's some undulation, some climbing, and they're pretty much like flowy and XC, like yeah. as far as you can get. So you're not going to find super gnarly stuff there, but it's still like a very key trail system in the southeast and one that is worth checking out. Yeah, and it like you says, there's not a lot of technical there. So yeah, anybody can ride that, beginners or recreational riders. And the trails are really wide too, uh, which kind of, if you don't like wide trails, then maybe you should skip that one. Yeah, Fats is not my favorite place. It's, like Greg said, it's not very diverse. And again, it's kind of far to get to. It's a, it's a good two and a half hour drive from Atlanta as well. So there's, we have, I feel like we have similar trail systems around the metro area. Obviously not as many miles as Fats has necessarily, but uh, the same type of trail. Right on. All right, Greg, another one of your picks was Carbon's Cove, which is near the city of Roanoke, Virginia, right? Well, this one's definitely a long drive from Atlanta, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Ro- Carbon's Cove is going to be towards like the northern end of what we're defining as like the southeast, but it's a key trail system near Roanoke, Virginia. Um, but this one is more diverse than, than fats. It's an extremely diverse trail system, in my opinion, like easy trails down low, some pretty serious descents if you go all the way to the top of the mountain and come busting down everything from super techie stuff to maybe some more jump style lines and flow lines but even the trails there that are like flow jump trails aren't aren't easy like there's still a bunch of chunk mixed in all that so i think that's just a great example of a trail system period if when you think of a trail system and you think of carbon's cove it's like yes this is a good trail system yeah the trails there are pretty old school at least they were the last time i was there not a whole lot of like machine work or anything and um just yeah just riding through the woods and getting into some gnarly stuff we used to ride there from uh when i lived in North Carolina in the Research Triangle area. So uh, it's not too, too far away from, you know, Raleigh, Durham, uh, certainly much closer than Pisgah. And then it's also even closer if you live in like the Greensboro, Winston-Salem area. There's definitely newer trail building uh, since you were there, Jeff. And so, you know, there's that's why I think it's like a pretty interesting trail system because now it's so diverse. You know, they've done some of those machine built trails, like nice. both off the top and down low, you know, but then the old stuff is still there, you know, so you've got a little bit of all of it. Back when I was riding there, there used to be, you had to buy like a day use pass or something. You know, if that's still the case. Oh, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, I'd have to check uh, because I was riding with a local and I was, you know, rode to the trailhead with him. So, so the locals don't pay for it, I guess is what you're saying. It's like the out of town tax. I think he had like, uh, like a, you know, like a annual pass or something like that, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Right. Yeah. It was always weird because it's owned by like the city or something is it's all, it's around this reservoir, uh, that the, that the city owns. So interesting. Okay. Aaron, you got to pick for us in Alabama, right? Yeah. Coldwater mountain in Anniston, Alabama, which is a couple hours east of Atlanta here. Maybe actually it's probably get there a little quicker. And it's a really cool trail system. It's pretty diverse in the in the types of trails there are. Um, there's some straight up flow trails. There's some trails with big jumps on them. They have kind of a couple like mini downhill runs. They've got some extremely rocky technical sections. 
Uh, so it's a really cool system. I think they have around probably 30 miles of trail altogether right now. And uh, it's just on this one mountain next to the small town of Aniston, Alabama. And they've actually got plans to eventually have more like 60 or 70 miles of trail there. So once they get all that done, it's going to be a really impressive system. And Aniston's got like a cool little downtown. And I think having the the trail system there has really kind of revitalized what was basically a, a you know, very small, not really growing or booming downtown. But there's a couple breweries and like a couple bike shops now. So there's stuff to do before and after the ride. You could you could make it a weekend if you wanted to. I mean, in terms of mileage, there's not, again, there's not, like you could knock it all out in a day, but you would definitely be worn out. Um, but some of the trails there are so good. If you're traveling to it, you'd want to hit them more than once. Yeah. What What's the vertical, would you say, like from the top to the bottom? That's a good question. I can't imagine it's more than a few hundred feet tops. Um, oh, that little. I was thinking it was at least 500, but could be wrong. That's a few, four to five, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's probably, it's probably 500 feet from the, from the top of the mountain down to like the, the Aniston trailhead. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's cool too, because when the project first started, you know, I think they started with like a 10 mile loop or something like that. And, you know, at the time they said, yeah, we got plans to build, you know, 60 or 70 miles and, I don't know about other people, but I was skeptical and I thought, yeah, right. Like not in my lifetime or like they're not going to do it, but they seem to be coming through. Like Aaron said, there's 30 miles there now and it's like every year there's more and more. And, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth the trip pretty much from anywhere in the Southeast. I feel like I'd say so. I decided to look it up because we have a mountain biking website with this data on it. And I'm sure it's like, I'm sure we got this information somewhere. And it looks like it's just shy of a thousand feet of elevation. Like it's about 900. The top elevation that I'm seeing in one of our charts is about 1,650. And the low point is about 725. So what does that make it like around 900? So, which is surprising. And wow. it, it is, it's really surprising because I mean, it's like flat between Atlanta and Aniston, Alabama. It's really a unique sort of area where you've got these old mountains that kind of pop up out of nowhere. So definitely unexpected, something that you might not think is there, but it's there. So now you know. Okay, Aaron, another one of your picks, and I know one of Greg's picks, is the Jake and Bull Mountain Trail System in Dahlonega. Tell us a little bit about that. I I included these uh, just because, you know, you're talking about varied trails and multiple routes and huge mileage that I think definitely fits the bill for this region um, or these two mountains. So the, the Jake side of the trails are a little flowier, I would say, a little bit more new school in places. And then the Bull Mountain side is basically just one big loop uh, with a huge climb and then a, a huge descent off the backside. But really fun trails. You know, it's a place where you can go and spend an entire weekend. You know, you could camp up there and ride the Jake side one day and the bull side another day. Or if you just want to make one, one big ride, you could combine both. There's not very many amenities at the trailhead itself. Really no amenities. I think there's a old porta potty in one of the parking lots, but you have the town of Dahlonega, which is, a small college town nestled into the mountains up there. And they've got a really cool downtown area 
with tons of restaurants and bars and there's also you know fast food options and stuff right there so it's got everything you need everything except a bike shop which is uh kind of unfortunate that's true yeah i can't believe no one's uh filled in for that shop that yeah. collapsed yeah it's a it's a long story i could i could fill you in later <laughs> but uh the closest shop is down in dawsonville which actually isn't if you're in, if you're like hanging out at the trail system dawsonville's maybe the same distance to uh, Bull Mountain as Dahlonega. It's not as cool of a town as Dahlonega, but there is a bike shop there. So if you need something repaired, it's a good place to check out. Nice. And Jake and Bull Mountain, I mean, they're usually said together, um, but the it used to be, I've lost track now, but it used to be an Imba Epic, right? And I think that would make it the only Imba Epic, or is Penhody Trail also Imba Epic in Georgia? Do you guys know? I have no idea. I can't keep up since they took a bunch off the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bull Mountain used to be. We can definitely, we can say that for sure. It used to be an Imba epic. Nothing happened to the trail. It's still the same trail. So it's still <laughs> yeah. epic worthy in our opinions. If you like the climb and you like steep climbs, yeah, you'll get your fill. And there's also a lot of gravel roads there, which are fun for, you know, if you want to do some gravel grinding or connect different sections of trail you can do that on gravel um yeah this is really cool one of my favorite places to ride in georgia for sure yeah and for those who aren't familiar with sort of the geography of the southeast um and also the topography the appalachian trail actually starts within like half a mile or less of uh, part of the bull mountain trail system at least as the crow flies uh so you're definitely in the mountains there and uh yeah there's a lot of big climbs and big descents okay we got a couple of picks for the state of tennessee Aaron, one of the ones you had was tenassi trail system tell us a little bit about that place tenassi is near ducktown tennessee which is a tiny tiny little town this trail system is on the Ocoee river where they have a big white water center it's actually where they had the olympic whitewater events back in 1996 i believe so there's a river there it's really cool super rocky fun place to like hang out after your ride but the trails themselves there are really fun pretty good variety some really technical stuff some really fast stuff some fast and technical stuff but it's it's pretty cool because i don't know exactly what you would call the geological features uh i guess plateaus but you kind of you start down by the river so you're low and then you climb up, and it's a pretty tough climb. Um, and then you, you're kind of on top of the mountain, on top of this plateau, and that's where all the different little loops are. So it's kind of cool in the sense that you're not going up and down the mountain. You kind of climb up to the top of the mountain at the beginning of your ride. You ride all the loops up there, and then you have a ripping descent down Thunder Rock Express to get back down to the river. So it's pretty cool because you don't, you don't generally – get that kind of riding here in the southeast except at the next place which jeff is about to mention <laughs> but you get some good views there as well which is nice which isn't again something we always get here yeah and tenasi like a lot of these other ones has a campground there so you can camp there uh at a place where they've got showers and restrooms and that kind of thing and then there's also a big race the kahara 100 starts there at tenet starts and finishes there at Tenassi, so uh, definitely a popular spot. Yeah, and we went through there during the uh, Kohutta Cat bikepacking route. Nice. 
Well, as Aaron mentioned, another place in Tennessee that's a lot of fun to ride is the Raccoon Mountain Trail System. And this is located just west of Chattanooga. Um, but it's a, the whole trail system really, or at least the trailhead is up kind of on top of the mountain, sort of a plateau. It's like a reservoir thing up there at the top. And then the main trail loops the reservoir. And there are a lot of, you know, little side trails and optional trails that peel off of that. But yeah, that place, there's a lot, there's a lot of diversity there. Have you been there in a while, Aaron? I went there, I guess, last year, a couple times for the, for the first time in, in a long time. And again, part of the reason I hadn't been up there is just because it's a bit of a drive. But yeah, the trails there are incredible. They've added some, some flow trail, but they also have some nice classic, classic technical riding. And there is, there's a, yeah, there's a trailhead on top of the, mountain or the plateau. Um, and then there's actually one down below, uh, as well, right on the river. So you can choose to start your ride with a big climb and then end with an awesome descent back to the car if you want. But this is another place that has some climbs that are no joke. I think it's close to thousand feet of elevation difference between the river and the, and the top of the mountain. So definitely an opportunity to get some elevation and you get it quick there. But then once you get up to the top, it's a little bit, a little bit more rolling, a little bit more flowy. Right. Nice. So there are a couple more states that we haven't covered mainly because none of us have ridden there. But again, like Greg said, we have access to a massive database of mountain bike trail information that, you know, people have added to over the years and have added reviews and photos. And so Based on that, in Louisiana, one of the places that is a definite must-ride is a place called Lincoln Parish, and that's located sort of in the northern part of the state, east of Shreveport, and at last check, they had about 10 miles of trails there, and this is a trail system that I've been hearing about for a long time, so as far as I know, it's been around a very long time, and is I'm sure it's popular because there aren't a whole lot of other opportunities around there. But looking at the photos, it actually looks pretty legit. Have you guys heard of anybody who's ridden there or have you at least seen the photos? I have not. I've looked at some photos and like, you know, we said at the beginning of the podcast, even in some of these flatter zones, you can still build good mountain bike trail, you know, and I think a lot of it comes down then to the quality of the trail building. You know, it's like if you've got this blank piece of woods, you could put a really boring trail in there or you could put a really fun trail in there and think it does take more skill to put a really fun trail in a boring place so i'd love to check out and see how they uh how they went with that that's right yeah constraints breed creativity so yeah (laughs) if you're stuck with a flat piece of land that's when you start finding cool stuff to do so a similar trail system that we've heard a lot about is a place called mount zion in mississippi and it's located south of jackson and again they have nine or ten miles of trails there and this is one that I'm personally really interested in riding. It's been on my wish list for quite a while now, several years now. I've been wanting to go out there. We hit a lot of the really well-known trail systems uh, that are great for families and you know diverse groups of riders. Let's talk now about lift-serviced or shuttle trails in the southeast. It's not a big thing around here, but it does exist, right, Aaron? Yeah, it's becoming more popular, I would say. We're kind of seeing more and more bike parks spring up. One of the older ones is Beach Mountain in western North Carolina. They've actually had, I think they've had national championships there 
recently, but they've also hosted some pro GRT races from what I remember. So it's kind of one of the older parks. And then you have newer parks like Bailey Mountain Bike Park, which is near Asheville, sort of Pisgah area. They don't don't have like chairlifts, but they they use like, you know, buses or something to shuttle people up to the top of the mountain. Uh, you also have Windrock Bike Park in Oliver Springs, Tennessee, and I actually rode there in December, and that is one gnarly place. So Nico Mullally, who's a World Cup downhill racer, he is the one that kind of runs the bike park there and, and builds the trails, and they are super steep, super rocky, just really rugged trails a lot of natural features on some of the trails you know obviously they have a couple jump lines where it's all very manicured but there's just a lot of raw rugged trail there if that's if that's your thing yeah another lift service place worth mentioning is Massanutten resort in Harrisonburg Virginia and uh, this is a place where you know it's a ski resort in the winter time and they run the lifts in the summer as well and have a pretty decent bike park uh, that they built there Jim Hodgson one of our freelance writers went up there a couple years ago and did a trip so um, if you want more information about that definitely search the site for his article and review about Massa Nutton now let's talk about scenic sort of backcountry rides that are here in the southeast. Um, particularly, there, there are a number of good bikepacking routes, right, Aaron? For sure. One of the most popular is the Trans-North Georgia, and that is a, I think, 350-mile route, more or less, about 50,000 feet of climbing. It runs from the Georgia border with South Carolina across the top of North Georgia and ends at the Alabama border. And it primarily uses the Pinhoti Trail. Yeah, so the Pinhoti Trail, mostly single track, right? What percentage are they at right now? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's it's definitely a good, good percentage of single track. It's definitely mostly off-road, very little pavement on it, but you will... You will have to hit some pavement to connect certain sections. But one of the things that makes this makes it such a challenging event, I mean, apart from just the mileage and the climbing, is a lot of it's really remote. So you don't have ready access to stores and things like that. Yeah, the Hody Trail itself is like the name trail runs over 100 miles through Georgia and then goes into Alabama and various sections along it. Like if you're not planning to do the whole Trans-North Georgia, you can still do different sections of the Pinhoti and have just an awesome time. So I think we'll talk a little bit more about LJ later, but the Pinhoti starts near LJ and you can do like sections of it and every section makes for a great backcountry ride, usually with beautiful views. Another key section is like the Snake Creek Gap portion. Sometimes it's a bit hard to define which portion you're talking about because the long distance point to point trail, but there's a race that's held and there's two different distance. Actually, there might be three different distances now that keep changing on me, but the classic one is like a 34 mile chunk of the Pinhoti Trail that's extremely technical, like stupid rocks and, but there's gorgeous views, beautiful rivers. I mean, it's a good ride anyway you slice. It's not easy, but it's awesome. Lots of ridge riding, which is another thing that makes that trail kind of unique. You'll climb up to the top of the ridge and then just ride along these rocky ridges for a few miles at a time, which is pretty unique. Yeah. 
Well, sticking in Georgia, Aaron, one of your picks was the Stanley Gap Ride in Blue Ridge, which is not too far away from the start of the Pinhoti Trail. What do you like about that ride so much? Oh, man, that is a tough ride. And it, it's one of those rides that I probably don't do as often as I should or as often as I want to. But logistically, it's a little tough because it's a point to point. Um, so you either have to ride it as an out and back or you can do it as a loop, but you'll have to ride some pavement, which is always kind of a bummer. And the trail itself isn't very long, but it it's just awesome. It's a grueling climb up and then just a super fast, rugged descent down. And there's some other trails right there, uh, Flat Creek, you can pair with it. And if you cross over Aska Road, there's some uh, trails called Green Mountain. There's a little trail system there that descends down to Lake Blue Ridge. And those are actually quite fun as well. So you could make a big day out of it. But the Stanley Gap Trail by itself is just a gem. Um, and it's definitely worth seeking out if you have the time. Yeah, I debated about including the Aska Road trail system as it's known in, uh, you know, among the popular trail systems. And I guess my only hesitation was the trails there are not easy. Like, like you said, there's a lot of climbing either way you go, um, on those trails. So not something you'd, I would recommend for beginners or. Yeah, not beginner or, friendly. Yeah, there's just not a lot of variety. It's all, it's all hard right there. Actually, there is one easy trail. Um, and it's on the other side of the road and it connects up to the Green Mountain Trail. And I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's it's only about a three or four mile loop for the easy section. So there's not a lot of easy riding there, but that's actually like not a bad uh, beginner trail. If you want to get your somebody into the sport, get them out in the mountains. Problem is you only have like about three or four miles to work with. So that's all you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that could be enough for a lot of people. Yeah. So one of the areas we haven't touched on here where we're discussing, you know, backcountry and epic rides are any of the rides around Pisgah, really. So, Greg, what are you, what are some of your picks for like, you know, an iconic big Pisgah ride or backcountry ride that people are going to want to investigate if they're into that kind of riding? Man, I mean, so we've sort of glanced over Pisgah a little bit so far because it's such like a massive and incredible destination. Like if there's one Southeastern destination that you should ride, if you're not from here, it's probably Pisgah. Like it's just incredible, but it's very difficult. So it's definitely not like super well-rounded. There's a no end of epic backcountry routes you could choose. One of my favorites is probably like the Laurel mountain route. And partially because it's a little bit easier to like understand that route. It's like, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. And that's how it's going to work out. Whereas maybe some of the other big routes are like, okay, you've got to combine like a half a dozen trails together and then you have a really big ride, but there's some navigation and that sort of stuff required in most routes out there. What's one of your favorites, Aaron? I know that one is probably one of your favorites because that's, that's one you took us on when we went out there a couple of years ago. But yeah, what are some other big sort of epic loops that are pretty approachable for people? Ooh. Understandable. Understandable. Well, you're always, you're always going to need a good high quality map when you're out there for sure. So be sure to swing by one of the local bike shops. They always have like the latest edition of the map and that's, you're, you're going to need it because there's lots of 
lots of uh, turns and things like that. But yeah, anytime you can hit Pilot Rock, that's obviously like a really famous trail. Um, if you like rocks, there's a lot of them there. Some really cool views on that one as well. Farlow Gap is probably one of the gnarliest trails around anywhere. Uh, so that's if you really want to test yourself, if you really want to see like what Pisgah can really do, that's a good one. Um, anything with Black Mountain in it, that's a really popular trail. A lot of the classic Pisgah loops are going to incorporate sections of Black Mountain at some point. It's a good one to start climbing up and uh, it's a absolutely ripping descent down. Um, I would encourage people if they've only ridden like the lower Black Mountain portion, that's kind of what most people typically think of, but there's actually an upper Black Mountain and it the lower Black over the past few years has kind of been worked. They've done a lot of work on it because it wasn't very sustainable and some of that work made it kind of more flowy, which is which is cool. But the the upper Black Mountain is just like classic raw Pisgah, big three foot water bar drops like the whole way down. Definitely a trail where you have to be on your toes. Another loop that's really popular, especially if you go to some of the bike shops and ask them, you know, where should you ride? And you're looking for a, a good backcountry loop is a route called Daniel Ridge. And Lee and I yeah, rode that good. one a couple of years ago. And yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's, you can climb most of it, you know, you're not going to be pushing your bike a whole lot, which can't be said for some of those other loops, at least for me anyway, I found myself pushing up a lot of that. But yeah, Daniel Ridge is like a good length. I think it's 10 miles or so. Um, and so most people can do it in a couple, two or three hours, but it still gets you pretty high up there and it's got some good descents and some beautiful streams that you're riding beside and stuff like that. So really good backcountry choice in the Pisgah area. Greg, it looks like you added a trail called the Sheltawi Trace in Kentucky, which is one that I'm not really familiar with. What Tell us a little bit about that trail. Honestly, I'm not super familiar with it either, but we haven't talked about Kentucky yet. And the Sheltawi Trace is the highest ranked trail in the state of Kentucky, according to our database. And it's actually a long distance trail and there's a bunch of different portions of it. Like I've sort of analyzed the maps and looked at some of the photos and the really highly rated portion is the Laurel Lake uh, section of the trail. But this is a big, the whole thing is a big point to point trail in the Daniel Boone National Forest. So we haven't really discussed Kentucky yet, but that's been on my list. If I ever get the chance to hang out in Kentucky and ride for a while, I'd love to love to check this trail out. Yeah. You don't hear a lot about the mountain biking in Kentucky, but I would imagine that there's some pretty cool spots there. It's a really scenic state and there's some, certainly some rolling terrain and maybe even some mountains too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The, I mean, this zone where this trail is like, it looks like it'd be great. I mean, it's, you know, it's a legit national forest, you know, and uh, it's looks like it's way out there. And, but I've never really heard much about it except from just researching it in our database. So I guess that's next up on the list, right? Yeah, exactly. So many trails, so little time. Well, we're going to take a break really quick, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about some trail systems that are worth checking out if you're traveling in the Southeast. So some urban, suburban trail systems. So stay tuned. Are you ready for a big boost in your riding confidence? Learn everything from the fundamentals of mountain biking to advanced skills, including how to accelerate through corners, how to ride drops and steep transitions with ease, or finally learn how to jump. 
Events scheduled throughout the U.S. Use promo code SINGLETRACKS at checkout for 50% off any clinic, camp, or adventure. Check out RideLikeAninja.com to find an event near you. That's RideLikeAninja.com. And don't forget to use promo code SINGLETRACKS for 50% off. Okay, we're back. For those who might be just passing through the southeast, through some of the larger cities, let's talk about some trail systems that are worth checking out in an afternoon or, you know, maybe even are worth borrowing a buddy's bike or, you know, maybe trying to find a rental, though that's really difficult in most of these places. But uh, let's start with right here in the Atlanta area. We've got tons. There are, that's one of the cool things about living in Atlanta is, Basically, any direction you drive out of the city between 30 and 45 minutes, you're going to hit a trail system. And the you know, geographically, or where we're located, there's a, a pretty good variety of trail types. If you go east of the city to the Georgia International Horse Park, also known as Conyers, there's some cool trails there. There's one side of the trail system is near the river, and it's kind of sandy and you know a little bit more flowy but then if you cross the street you're riding on a big piece of granite so essentially slick rock so that's that's a really cool unique trail one of the most popular trail systems in the country period is blankets creek um that's in woodstock georgia which is about i don't know what we say 40 minutes from downtown atlanta about 20 ish miles of trail there and they've also built a jump line and giant wooden berm so that's fun to check out after you've ridden some stuff there uh and a good mix of trails uh you've got some flowier trails uh you've got some techie stuff you've got some pretty gut busting climbs on the van michael trail not very long but really steep so it's just a it's a great system and then right basically one exit away from there is the rope mill um, trail system and this is actually one of my favorite weekend places to ride like if i can't get up into north georgia or tennessee or wherever if i'm just trying to go ride in the morning and i've got something to do with the rest of my day i really like rope mill i've actually been going there more than blankets creek rope mill the the trails are maybe not quite as diverse as the ones even at blankets creek but they have some awesome new school kind of flowy jump trails that are just a blast when you don't want to work that hard when you just want to go out and like pound out a bunch of laps and work on your jumping skills rope mill is the place to do that and then one more trail system to mention is kind of an up-and-coming trail system south of atlanta pretty good ways depending on where you are in the metro area if you if you're right downtown it's maybe only 20 minutes but cochran mill and this is just Really cool, really varied trails. Every again, everything from techie to flow. It's a really pretty area, and the the club down there is just super active, and they do a great job maintaining the trails. Yeah, so many great choices, and we didn't even mention all of the trail systems. There there are others as well with you know ten plus miles uh, that you can check out, and that are good for uh, again a variety of skill levels. Okay, so let's talk about another big city in the Southeast, Charlotte. Aaron, you lived in Charlotte a ways back. Tell us a little bit about some of the good places to check out in Charlotte. I lived there when I was but a wee young lad. Um, back when you were on the Strider, right? Uh, yeah. Back well, before like, they had Striders. It was, yeah, we didn't have Striders. Yeah, we just geez. learned how to ride. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I wasn't, uh, I moved away from there when I was like 11 or 12 maybe, so I hadn't really gotten into mountain biking yet. I always rode my bike and I was riding off-road, so maybe I was mountain biking yeah. technically. I did have my Schwinn Stingray and riding some Bandit single track, so maybe not a lot has changed actually. <laughs> but uh, one of the trail systems I'm familiar with there is the Whitewater Center, and I've ridden there a couple times now and uh it's where they had the what's it called south uh cyclofest cyclofest yes so which is basically they're trying to turn that into like an east coast inner bike um but cool event where you can go and demo some bikes and yeah there's not a ton of variety there of trails i would say but they're all fun a lot of a lot of mileage so just the sheer quantity of trail is really impressive they really packed it in there so it's just some you know classic tight twisty east coast kind of single track and that said they do have a couple of like i think they have like a dual slalom course Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of jump lines too to mix it up so really good really well maintained system again yeah yeah. you you've ridden there a couple times now right jeff yeah well what's kind of unique about it is it's it is a whitewater center so there's uh like this man-made whitewater course where you can I guess people rent rafts or kayaks or things and play around there. There's like ropes courses. So it's kind of like a place, zip line. Yeah, zip line. So you just like drop the family off there, uh, grab your bike and, you know, pound out some laps on the excellent single track there. And there's still lots of other things to do for, for everybody, even if they're not mountain bikers. Another one that I like to recommend in the Charlotte area is, uh, Lake Norman, which is just north of the city. And it's on a lake. There's camping there. So, you know, you could, you could make a weekend out of it, not far outside of Charlotte. Um, and there are events held up there all the time, but there's several good loops there, good mileage to check out. Nothing real technical or steep or anything, just, you know, good kind of flowy. I would call it like suburban trail system if that's a real thing. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I feel I feel yeah. I think we should call that like its own classification of trail. This is a suburban trail system. Suburban trail. Well, da- dad bod trails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a pick that is more of an urban trail system, or at least that's what I would consider it. The in-town trails around Richmond, Virginia. You've visited there, Greg, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been there a couple times now, and uh, most old cities are built around a river because that's like how trade used to take place. And so right in the heart of Richmond, within view of skyscrapers and next to train tracks, you have some uh, pretty amazing and totally legal single track. Some of the trail names are Buttermilk and North Bank, and then there's a bike park on an island in the middle of the river. Uh, It's pretty incredible, actually. It's some of the – I think it's the best – like in-town urban legal single track that I've ridden. And legal is really a key term, right? Because you've got (laughs) trails and cities all over the place, but rarely are they located in these types of places and totally legit. So uh, if you're passing through Richmond, that's definitely worth checking out. There's a nearby state park as well called Pocahontas State Park. So if you're going to spend more time in the area, that's worth a look. But you know, it's pretty tough to beat these in-town trails because you can, if you're going there for business or something, you can literally be in a skyscraper, pedal out the door on your bike and uh, go for a mountain bike ride. And I've done it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Another city that has some in-town single track and has really been developing it even more over the years is Knoxville. Have you been there, Greg? 
No, I haven't been there. I threw it on our outline because I feel like I don't think any of us have been there, but we should definitely mention it. Unless, Aaron, have you been there? I have not. No, it's been on my list, though. It's definitely a destination on the rise for sure. I've met uh, one of the guys, Shaggy, who's building a lot of the trail up there, and I follow him on Instagram, and it looks awesome. It's got me like salivating to go up there. And it's not too far from um, Windrock, from the bike park I mentioned earlier. So you could make, you definitely make a whole weekend out of going up there. So the system, they refer to it as the urban wilderness. And it's basically a network of parks like in town Knoxville. And there's single track connecting all these parks together. And like Aaron said, they're doing a lot of trail development currently. And that includes like some legit black diamond downhills, like flow lines with jumps and berms, wall rides. I mean, it, Looks like they know what they're doing, and it's turning into an awesome spot. So that's definitely on my list. Another one of your picks, Greg, was the Mega Cavern near Louisville. Tell us a little bit about that place. Yeah, that's a pretty unique um, spot that I still have not checked out, but there's been no end of videos and articles published about this place. But it's a massive, I guess technically it's a cavern, like an old mine or something of that nature underneath Louisville. And that's just huge. And they built a bike park in it. So there's actually like loop trails you can ride in the bike park or you can hit the jump lines and the pump track. And so it's an all season spot where you can go even if it's nasty and cold and icy, which uh, Louisville is a surprising amount of the time. So, but that's like right in town there. Yeah, that's a really unique pick. So one other really big city in the Southeast, I mean, really, it's not, it's not the Southeast, right? Miami, Florida, is that Southeast? That's, it's like its own thing. I feel like the whole state of Florida is almost its own thing, but Miami definitely is, it's like a Caribbean city. But anyway, it's, we're going to mention it here and there are actually a couple of trail systems near Miami, right outside Miami that a lot of people really like riding. One place is called Virginia Key. And I know there's a really active mountain bike club there that works to maintain those trails. A lot of the trails were damaged in a recent hurricane. And from what we've seen, though, the club it was right back out there, you know, within a week or so, clearing everything out. There's just a massive amount of trees that were knocked down. But this group of volunteers, they're serious about their trails and maintaining them. And from what I've heard, the trails are right back to, you know, excellent riding condition, especially this time of year when it's not super hot. And then another one in the Miami area is the Olita River State Park. And this one's been around for a long time. It's been a favorite of mountain bikers in the area for quite some time. And so definitely worth checking out. Okay, so we've covered a ton of ground here. It's a lot to take in. And we've mentioned a number of trails located throughout the Southeast. So Quickly, I want to see if we can kind of organize this a little bit and talk about some destinations. So if someone was interested in spending a weekend or even longer riding in a single spot in the Southeast, what are some places you would recommend? Start with you, Aaron. Well, definitely we talked about this in several different sections, but Pisgah, Brevard, Asheville, that whole area, you could spend a whole week there, easy, if not longer. Um, There's just so much to do. Just the Brevard side of the forest alone has hundreds of miles of single track. But then if you go kind of east of Asheville, there's even more. So, yeah, and the riding is just fantastic. Really can't recommend that place enough. Nice. Greg, you recommend Roanoke, Virginia. Have you stayed up there? Or what? you mentioned Carvin's Cove. Are there other trails 
around that area to ride as well? Yeah, I uh, spent a good solid chunk of time up there riding over a long weekend, and we rode Carvin's Cove. We also did a trail called uh, Dragon's Back, if I can remember that correctly, and that would totally qualify on our backcountry epic ride list as well. And there's a ton of other trails around there. There are trails in town Roanoke. There's trails nearby in Lynchburg. And there's trails north of there in what could be considered an entirely separate destination of Harrisonburg, which I haven't been to yet. But uh, on that one trip that you mentioned, Jeff, uh, I believe Jim Hodgson checked out Harrisonburg as well. So a lot to be done in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia for sure. Uh, You can easily swing south of there a little bit to Blacksburg and hit it in the same trip and hit the trails of Pandapas Pond, which actually has a surprising amount of mileage that you might not expect. Nice. Well, here in Georgia, you know, we mentioned the Bull and Jake Mountain trails, which are around Dahlonega. And then we also mentioned the Penhody Trail, the Stanley Creek, sorry, Stanley Gap Trail. And those two trails are sort of around the area of LJ, Georgia. And LJ is interesting spot. I don't know that anybody like stays in LJ. What everybody does is they stay at Mulberry Gap Mountain Bike Getaway, which is located just sort of like northwest of town, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, so I would almost say that LJ is a destination because Mulberry Gap exists. Otherwise, there there aren't a lot of like, I don't know, places people would stay that are cool like that. Um, but you can stay at Mulberry Gap and you can ride parts of the Pinhoti Trail, some of the more popular sections. There's a trail called Bear Creek in the area. And then, you know, you can drive. There's uh, Mountain Town and Windy Gap too, right, right yeah, there. Yeah, I forgot about Mountain Town. Yeah. Most people forget about it too. You know, it's one of those. Don't don't sleep on Mountain Town. No. And, and we ride it once a year for the Single Tracks Brutal Loop. So that's an event, uh, which is actually coming up this year the end of March. So a little bit earlier than usual. That's Um, right. March 31st and April 1st. Yeah. Yeah. No fooling. It's happening. (laughs) That's right. So yeah, it's kind of, um, there's so much riding in North Georgia, but kind of what we suffer from is the fact that it's like kind of scattered all around. Whereas if you go to Brevard, you, like I said, the Brevard section of the Pisgah forest has hundreds of miles of trail. Whereas, uh, North Georgia, it's little pockets of 20 to 30 or 50 miles or whatever it is here and there, but you have to do some driving in between. But that's another reason that makes Ella J a good kind of central point because you have the stuff you can ride right there in Ella J that Jeff mentioned. And if you go east, maybe what, 45 minutes, maybe less, uh, you'll be at Bull and Jake Mountain. And mm-hmm. if you go 45 minutes to an hour west, you can ride the, the uh, Snake Creek Gap section of the Pinhody Trail. So, and then, you know, Blue Ridge, where the Stanley Gap Trail is, is maybe 20 or 30 minutes uh, away. So it's definitely a good home base. If you're looking to make a, you know, make a serious riding trip in Georgia, I would definitely base myself out of Ella J because there's, a ton of stuff. I mean, another one you can go up to Tanasi and hit that Ducktown stuff. That's yeah. maybe another forty-five minutes. So, great central location. If you've got strong legs, you could ride pretty much. You know, you could ride eighty percent of the trail there in a day in LJ. That would be a huge ride, and we would all pat you on the back for <laughs> sure. But you need kind of two days to ride everything in LJ, and then yeah, then however many extra days you can 
tack on, there's a whole lot more within an hour of there that you can ride. Yeah. And we were just talking to Kate from Mulberry Gap this week and she was telling us that the local mountain bike club there has got some like seven yeah, trail projects seven. that are in the works, like stuff they've been working on for years. And now all of a sudden, like all of it got approved kind of at once. And so there's the potential that this area is really going to explode with trails in the next few years. So definitely a place to check out now. So you can say like, Oh yeah, I used to ride there back like before it was cool. <laughs> well, that's another reason to come to the brutal loop because the proceeds from the brutal loop this year will be going towards building those new trails. Yes, definitely. And also, I mean, we keep talking about Mulberry Gap and no, they did not pay us to say a word of this. They have their own trails there at the the resort and they've got, you know, some kind of pump tracky stuff and fun stuff to play on. So got to be a guest to ride it though. You do, but you can buy a day pass. You can buy a day pass. It's just a few bucks. Park your car there. Enjoy the showers. Fill up your water bottle. Finally, Greg, Chattanooga, Tennessee. We mentioned Raccoon Mountain, and there are actually a lot of other trails in that area too, right? Yeah, I mean, Chattanooga, you know, it's not going to be the type of destination where you can ride like 200 miles from your door. But if you want to spend like a long weekend or even a week there, there are so many great trail systems around there that are worth checking out. And a lot of the ones that we've discussed are actually within striking distance of Chattanooga. For instance, we talked about Raccoon Mountain, that's very close, but Five Points is like within 20 miles or something of Chattanooga. Tanasi is also not far away, and there are several other systems like right in and around Chattanooga. Since I was there, they've built trails like right in downtown. There's trails out at Enterprise South, and there's a few other trail systems. So it's a surprisingly good spot for a relatively large city. So I would throw that on the southeastern list for sure. Yeah, the thing I like about Chattanooga too, especially since I've got kids, is that again there's a lot of other stuff to do. It's it's always been kind of like a touristy place, uh, which is kind of weird because it's a it's a decent sized city, uh, but there's you know an aquarium there. There's uh, like all kinds of caves you can go in, and like there's just a lot of stuff to do. So yeah, good place to bring the family. Downtown Chattanooga is a rad little city. Yeah. Well, great. This has been pretty exhaustive discussion of the trails around the Southeast. I know if we had more time, we would keep talking about this because there are so many awesome places that we really enjoy mountain biking. But keep in mind, this Single Tracks Trail Database is a really great place to start your mountain bike trip planning. You can find trails on a map, sort by the rating, and filter by difficulty and other factors. And this is also a good time for a public service announcement to remind you that Single Tracks really relies on our readers and listeners just like you to help us keep the trail information on our website up to date. So if you have a chance, we'd love it if you could review the trails you've ridden and add photos and maps from your favorite spots so that other people can find them and you can share the love with mountain bikers all over the world. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.